Welcome to Women in Electronics, the only show that empowers, develops, advocates, and celebrates the accomplishments and advancement of women in the electronics industry. With your host, Jackie Maddox. Well, hello, and we are very excited to be here again for another Leader in Highlight of Women in Electronics radio program. Today we have a guest that I'm so excited um, to have on the program, Bill Lowe from Kemet. He's the CEO. Women in Electronics is a nonprofit organization set up in the electronic component industry to celebrate, advocate, develop, and empower women. So with that, Bill, thank you so much for being here. We're very excited to have you, and I'll turn it over to you to introduce yourself and what you do at Kemet, how long you've been there. Welcome. Thanks, Jackie. It's a it's a pleasure to be with you today. You know, I've been with Kemet for 12 years now, and my my route getting to the electronics industry was a little bit more roundabout than a lot of the CEOs that are running the business today. I bet, but I've been in manufacturing. You know, Kemet is a manufacturer, even though we're in electronics, we're a manufacturer of electronics. And I've been in the manufacturing space for almost all of my career, with the exception of about six years of a very long career and the number of years I'm not going to say, uh, has been in the manufacturing space. So I understand okay. manufacturing very, very well. Uh, but I came here in the what might be considered a great time to come, July of 08, right before the big financial crisis and, and uh, crater. Mm. It's, been a, it's been a great run in the 12 years I've been here. Well, you know, it's interesting that you said very humbly how you just ended up to be in the position you are and you, you kind of didn't expect it and you kind of stumbled into it a little bit. But can you give me a little more of your background? You know, how did you get your start in the industry? You know, what led you to be CEO of Kemet? It's a pretty big position. You're extremely humble about it. So many people listening who they're kind of taking their journey. They're, they're doing their position where they are now, now not even having an idea of where it could lead them later. That, that is right. I mean, if I go back in my career, and I'm not going to go all the way back, but I'll, I'll go back to a time when I was with a company called Arvin Industries. It's an automotive manufacturer of exhaust systems and struts and a variety of heavy-duty type of metals uh, used in automobiles. I was actually uh, the vice president of taxes. I was hmm. uh, doing tax planning around the globe for a $3.5 billion uh, company, and at the time, I didn't realize it, but there was a, a the CEO, which was a really good, he was probably a better COO than he was a CEO, but he loved operations, started dragging me around to all of our facilities around the globe, and I had no clue why. Hmm. Uh, that he, and so it, he became kind of a mentor for me, which then led to me being promoted up to, the, to a CFO position. And then as a result of that manufacturing background, um, as I went, from them to textiles, actually, I became the chief operating officer of a $4 billion uh, company and actually became probably one of the more, the first, what I'll say is uh, the undercover boss show. I guess you've heard of that. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about textiles when I got there uh, and became the COO four months after I arrived at the company. I went there as the CFO, became the COO literally in, in four months. And so I put had them put me on the manufacturing floor and I worked on the floor for a few weeks to understand how we make our product and, and that type of thing. So I think I think what that says is, you know, you have to be willing to do a lot of different things and get exposure. Uh, and if someone doesn't reach out to to give that to you, be looking for where you can get that. 
and be willing and be willing to do those kind of things because you you don't know where it's going to lead later and it really does it may set a base for knowledge that you may need you may need down the road that will help you know actually play a role in your next your next position regardless yeah. of what level that is in the organization i think it's very good advice because sometimes you're doing a position and maybe you're an inside salesperson or you're a product manager, do that well because all those skills will transfer to what you're gonna be doing later. So it's just a matter of doing what you're doing, putting your heart into it and, and doing the best job you could do because you never know where you're gonna end up. <clears throat> well, so and, and one of the advice, I and I, I kind of followed this in my early career and I actually gave the same advice to my son uh, who happens to be, he's 35, he's my youngest. But my advice to him was when he went to work is, is uh, you know, as you're sitting around in the staff meeting and the boss says, you know, I've got this project that we need to do. And everybody looks at each other knowing that's one of the worst projects you're ever going to work on. You know, nobody really wants to volunteer for it. My suggestion was you should be raising your hand and volunteering for it because mm. not only just doing a good job with the job you've been given, but taking on projects that, that not everybody wants to do and doing a good job with those. You get to be known as kind of a go-to person. And then th that's when you get recognized for that next position as they look around the room and say, well, who do we think can do this next job? That individual who's kind of gone a little extra mile and taken on some jobs that they know weren't great, weren't mm -hmm. great projects, kind of gets the kind of gets the recognition. You know, I, I think that's such a good point too. And you and I had talked briefly uh, recently and you had said something that really struck me about say our next coming leaders coming up into the industry and you were talking about patience and, and making sure that people understand that it, it takes a lot of patience just doing the right thing putting your heart and soul in and, and knowing it's going to take a lot of time can you elaborate more for our upcoming leaders yeah i, mean, I think it comes back to what i just said because those that recognition for the good work you're doing or the extra work you're doing you know, it doesn't come in a week, it doesn't come in a month, and it may take a, it may take a year or more before all that cumulative effort that you've been putting forth that's either in your job or, or in addition to your job to get recognized. But I believe, I truly believe that eventually good people do rise to the top and the people who are doing those things will get recognized. And you just have to be patient and not be so frustrated that you go home thinking, my gosh, I did all this really hard work. I did a great job on that project. And, you know, two months from now, I'm still I'm mm -hmm. still in my same position. Well, give it some time. Keep looking for the recognition. And at, at the right moment, have that conversation with your supervisor, manager, boss that says, hey, you know, what can I do next? I've, you know, I've done a lot of these things over the last year. You know, is there some opportunity I have within our group or within the company that I can look for for my next my next level go ahead and put it on the table but don't do it the day after you finished your first project right it's such good advice because we have talked before typically men are so great about being vocal about their plan and what they want women tend to not be as vocal about what their career aspirations are so it's so critical to share those goals and aspirations with your supervisors so they know and they can help you get to that next level. This really segues into some discussions that we had had at EDS last May in 2019 where we had a panel 
talking about diversity type of issues, gender issues. You were an excellent guest on that panel, had a lot of great things to offer. I'm curious, since that panel discussion, what have you noticed that you've changed going back to Kevin? You know, thanks for reminding me of that because actually, um, and it was an excellent, it was an excellent panel. Everybody on the panel had a lot to contribute uh, and a, you had a lot of people in attendance as well. It was a great conference. But what I came away with actually is I felt like we were not doing enough at Kemet to really advance our female engineers and our female um, professionals uh, compared to what I was hearing some of the with some of the programs that were happening at the other companies. So we actually have started the institute something, and I'll talk about that in a second. But you know, when I looked at our workforce, two things really struck me about 54% of our total are female that includes direct and indirect but a third of our indirect workforce is female and every time we go to an annual we have a we call a club of excellence where we recognize people for whether they've gotten a patent or whether they've met a sales target for the year or whether they've been nominated by their peers or managers to be an at-large nominee a vast majority of those people recognize for their achievements are female as a percentage and yet, when I look at our ranks of, of our director level people and our vice presidential level people, I don't come anywhere close to that kind of percentage. Wow. So we, we're starting it. We, we, although we have a leadership forum type of program, we're going to focus. We're going to, we started where we're developing on the, on the program now. And it's, it's an accelerated leadership program really focused for our female engineers at levels below manager. And to try to provide, you know, the, the skills necessary to move up into the ranks of management, uh, provide those underlying, you know, that underlying knowledge in, in various areas, whether it's leadership, uh, financial, where they might have been exposed to the looking at how you uh, deal with the financial aspects or modeling, as well as trying to determine whether we're also assigning a mentor to those individuals that will go through the program uh, when they graduate that program uh, when they're done. Wow. And so I, I'm hoping that's going to be a really positive thing for Kimmet. I think it probably will, since you have people like Monica Heifel on your team, who's also part of our Women Electronics executive team. Um, Monica has been a great advocate and um, it just is, excels in everything she does. She talks extremely highly of you, Bill, by the way. And this opens up that whole discussion about mentorship because we're at Women Electronics. We have an industry-wide program as well that we're in the pilot right now, and Monica is, is helping to coordinate that. So it's really good to know that you have this mentor program at Kemet. A lot of times what we're finding is that women are not advocating for themselves and, and what you talked about before of really somebody recognized you early in your career. They kind of started taking you around. They started introducing you to people, taking you places you probably wouldn't have asked to go. So this is such a good discussion for women to know, ask for it, step up. If somebody's not grabbing you, do it. And, and if you are in a position to be a mentor, do that for somebody else. I think it's going to make such a big difference in our industry. But having said all that, we have a situation right now where we have, in the next five years, we have about a 70% leadership turnover in the industry. So we need people like yourself to be those mentors to other people because all that um, expertise and the industry knowledge and everything you have, it's so critical we capture that and start sending it down so that people can can really rise up. So 
What are your thoughts about the next coming leadership generation? What What are the tips you would give them? What are some insights? What are some things you would do the same? What are some things you would do different? Can you just elaborate a little bit? Well, I, first of all, I think you're, the first step is what you said. You know, they do need do need to reach out. And I would say, and I think I said this at the conference, is don't just look inside your own company for that mentor. I mean, I think all of us have uh, contacts outside of our own companies, some a lot within the industry uh, and some outside the industry. And, you know, there may be a, there may be the right mentor for you as an individual of someone who's not actually in your own company. And because it's not about just, you know, that mentor is not about how do I drag this person along on my coattails. They may, because generally they may not even be in your, your same area. So, you know, what you're looking for is someone that can help you wade through the waters of leadership. What's the next step? How do I handle this situation? Just having coffee with someone, you know, periodically, every couple of weeks, once a month, someone who can, you can bounce ideas off of about your career is, is really what you're looking for. And I think you do need to ask if you're if someone, I was lucky, someone did grab me by the collar and, and drag me around. Um, that doesn't happen all the time. In fact, it probably doesn't happen that frequently. Um, so I think you do need to step up and ask for it. Um, we're going to try to do some assignments here so that at least the leadership class doesn't have to ask for that. But I, I think that um, they should be hungry for it. I mean, for these new leaders, they should be hungry for that. And they should be hungry for knowledge. And there's a lot of knowledge to get passed down. As you said, if there's 70% turnover in this period of time, that's a lot of turnover. And without passing that knowledge along, that's a big void. And so I think people should be hungry for that knowledge. Yes, and, and really we, we have a couple minutes, two or three minutes left, and I would like to ask your opinion also. So not just the newer leaders up and coming, but our existing leaders. What would your advice be to them as well? Because we know a lot of times we kind of get down on our uh, leaders coming up and we have all of our own biases and all of our own ideas in our head. And we have situations where a lot of our young leaders switch companies every couple of years or may, they might leave right. the industry. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, the switching of industries, I was thinking about that. We were talking about it the other day. And, you know, I look back at my own career and I realized, you know, in my first decade of employment after college, I've probably had three jobs at three different companies. And so I know that we have a tendency, my age group sometimes look down and say, wow, the new uh, team coming up, they're, they're changing jobs every couple of years. How do we hang on to them? I don't think it's dramatically different. I'm sure that my dad's generation said that about us and said, why are you, because know, he worked the same place for 50 years. Although there's a lot of people at Kemet that have been here for a very long period of time. Maybe I'm the unusual one, but my view is that there were, if that's been going on for a while, I think people do tend to settle down after they've kind of had a taste of, of one location or another. And, but I would say to those individuals too, and I'd say to the companies, you know, for a few thousand dollars, you, you need to consider really the whole, the whole package. What is the whole package offering at the company? At the same time, for the company perspective, recognize that you're making an investment in an individual. And if they are, in your view, a really up and comer, you know, let's hang on to them. Let's not let them go across the street for just two or $3,000. That's a waste of time and talent. And uh, if it's only for that, and I'm sure I made that 
decision when I was in my early 20s because it, it made a different, big difference to my pocketbook. But I think there's ways to solve that both from the company perspective and I think of the younger leaders, potential leaders. Not, and they're doing that because they kind of have a fire in their stomach to do more right. and to make more. So that, that's a positive, when, I think, when people are thinking to do that. If it's changing for that reason, and I think we should identify those candidates that that have the fire in their belly and try to hang on to them. Well, Bill, this has been so fun having you today. I just wanted to comment um, as we close that what you said was so critical because going back to having the plan, sometimes, as we were chatting recently, a little makes a big difference. So sometimes it's a matter of just a little bit of a raise that makes a big difference because that person's going to stay. But if they don't communicate it, you don't know. Anyway, great conversation today. I feel like I would love to talk to you some more. I wish we had more time, but I appreciate you being here. Appreciate your support of Women in Electronics and have a blessed day. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of Women in Electronics right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.